Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This podcast is sponsored by Agapi Match. Agapi Match is a boutique matchmaking service that caters to exceptional singles. To learn more about how I can help you, go to agapimatch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to comedian Jared Freed. He'll be joining me as I answer your dating and relationship questions. Jared Freed is a comedian based out of New York City. His comedy is current and reflects the ordinary daily thoughts of everyone you know, especially if everyone you know is a millennial, obsessed with dating apps, trying to be a real adult, and worried about their body. He's a regular on The Comedy Cellar, Caroline's on Broadway, and Gotham. If his name sounds familiar, you may already be subscribed to his podcasts. And if you aren't, well, check out the details in the episode notes and subscribe. He hosts the J Train podcast, which regularly ranks top 100 on the podcast charts. It's been called a Dear Abby for Dudes, which is why both men and women tune in religiously. Additionally, he co-hosts a modern dating podcast called You Up with Jordana Abraham of Betches, where they discuss their take on modern dating with issues ranging from apps to hookups to relationships. That was a long bio, Jared. I thought I, I could. I told you. <laughs> I told you it gets it gets in the weeds. Well, I'm really excited because I listen to your podcast and thank you. Uh, it's fun. It's funny, especially because a lot of your guests are comedians. They're not dating experts. Yeah, I well, I, that's kind of my. I'm not an expert. The whole point is to be fun. Yeah, that's kind of my goal because, again, you know from being a matchmaker and having done this a long time that. This is very personal and hurtful to a lot of people. This is a very serious subject for something that should be the most fun and wonderful part of your life. So my goal is to make everyone who emails in and everyone who comes on the show to feel welcome and feel heard and feel like they're not alone because I think it is lonely to date. Even though it's such a social thing, it's all very, you know, it becomes long when you're you dug into a phone. How did you stumble into this? How did you stumble into relationships? And again, like this perspective that I'm giving you right now, like it's ta- I've been doing my podcast, the J Train podcast for seven years, more than right. that. And what happened was it, was it was started as like, I just love talk radio. So I was writing for this website and uh, writing there. I got a little bit of an audience for people that kind of like loved the way I wrote and the things I was writing about. And a lot of the things I wrote about were dating and relationships because that's what's going on in my life. And I'm always someone that for whatever reason, maybe I'm a good listener. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. friends, especially female friends, have always come to me 
because I remind them of maybe someone that they're dating. And I believe that I'm not an expert, but I'm at least 10% away from the person you're seeing. The way I operate in this world isn't far away from the guy you're seeing uh, is operating because not to be too crude, I don't know how this podcast works. It's pretty crude. It's pretty crude. Okay. <laughs> I've been a dude who's trying to fuck too. So, and that is an icky subject that I try my best to give honest perspective on from mm-hmm. a place that isn't hurtful or mean. And I think over time, so I started this podcast because I love just talk radio. I wanted mm-hmm. to be funny with a comic guest. And then I said at the end of the show, send in an email. We'll read emails at the end of the show. User, you know, user generated. I started getting all these emails asking for advice. And I would answer them. And then I started getting like 20 emails a week, 30, 40, yeah. 50. And now I'm in this position where the emails became the show and like the making fun of the news. And now really you do, part of it. is in my imagination, are you doing like two episodes a week during COVID? I went to two episodes a week. And then during COVID, when everybody was on lockdown, I went every day. Uh, I went Monday through Friday, and plus you up, which is its own separate thing. Uh-huh. And now I've gone back to twice a week. But right. again, we take emails from listeners and give advice on J Train, and then right. you up is just about modern dating. Jordan and I discuss just the all. It's purely modern dating, and J Train right. is just like kind of lifestyle advice. But ninety-five percent of the questions are dating, and the right. big change for me is that. I started with a lot of male listeners and male questions are very simple. They're not very layered. Mm. They kind of go to the same place. Like I met mm-hmm. this girl, how do we have sex? It's like mm-hmm. a very general, even though there were good ones, but mm-hmm. then w- women got into podcasts, like because of murder mystery podcast, serial, all of a sudden women started listening to podcasts, like because, you know, and then all of a sudden, a dating podcast or uh, the male perspective, like now, like they're like, oh, this is a great show. And now the audience is like 80% women. That's nuts. And yeah, the emails, like if I used to play funny music, if a woman wrote in, we would right. be like, we play like a big guitar riff. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like chick email. I feel, like, I feel like I remember these episodes. Sure. I mean, so. that's how, that's how Ask a Matchmaker began. Like I've been doing Ask a Matchmaker on my Instagram stories for two years. Yeah. And almost, I don't know, 90% of the questions that fit into a box are from women. But we, what I think made it popular was that whatever didn't fit in the box, people would send me DMs and I'm notorious for screenshot. Sure. I mean, that's like my outro to this show is like, warning, I screenshot your questions. You know, eventually, I, I don't know, we had the live, like, you know, webinar live before, you know, the whole reason why this podcast even happened, I don't think I've ever even said this. I was doing a web, like live, just a live show for my members every Wednesday and I decided to have a baby during a pandemic. Oh my, <laughs> and, uh, congratulations. I, thank you. But I still did Ask a Matchmaker. Like I gave birth on a Wednesday. I still did Ask a Matchmaker. It was just a distraction while I was waiting for my COVID test while in labor, <laughs> like yeah. while they were trying to admit me. And, um, and then I just took off for a week. And a lot of people just were like, what, where are the, where's the Ask a Matchmaker? Where's the live? And my husband's like, just make this a podcast. Like you can't possibly be doing this every Wednesday, you know, and that's, that's essentially the birth of this. With podcasts for everything I've learned, consistency is key. You become a part of people's lives. Like, you know, I am a big podcast listener. I love podcasts. So I have my schedule, like this is a part of my life. So I Mm -hmm. do understand where, and I'm not saying to pump my own tires or 
but for you as no, well. No, seven like, years. For, I mean, what do you have like a couple thousand episodes, right? It's crazy. And and I'm sure I've said things back then that I wouldn't say oh, now. Yeah, like of it's course, just it's evolved. evolved, you know. So of course. to the point where you and I, like people there someone's Wednesday, you're a part of their Wednesday, and also with podcasting, it's the most intimate art form. You're right inside it's the only art form where you go inside someone's body. You right. know, so like you're literally in their ear. What are the most popular questions you receive? Because I'll tell you what my, the most popular questions that I receive. Okay. I mean, we have some of the questions that we receive today in audio are a little bit different than usual, but a lot of the questions that I receive are when can we make it exclusive? Mm-hmm. We had sex too soon. Is it too late to turn it into a relationship? Mm-hmm. And why did he ghost? And for me, that's a crystal ball sure. answer, I call it. So I always post a crystal ball. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to know why he ghosted you? I can tell you why he ghosted. I mean, that's the simple. You that's know, the simplest one of the three. It is, but I, that's why they get the crystal ball question, the sure. answer. But for me, it's also I've noticed that a lot of people don't know what ghosting is defined. How do you define ghosting? So, so I do a stand-up bit about this, and I every show I talk about ghosting for like I talk about ghosting for like seven minutes, which is probably too long of a bit. It should probably be a three-minute bit, um, but. Um, How do you define ghosting? At the beginning, I always say, I think ghosting is you fuck someone, you never speak to them again. Mm -hmm. That to me is ghosting. Now, the difference of opinion comes in because I kind of, I do it towards the end of the show. So it's like, I already know what the back and forth is. And I'll say, and I don't generally ask for audience participation, but I'll always say like, someone will always audibly disagree with me. They'll go, no, no, no. Like someone drunk. No, no, no. I went on a date with a guy and he never called or texted again. And I always say, well, if that's ghosting, I've been ghosting my mom for three months. <laughs> you know, so, so, I get so, that. But I that can be to, confusing. Yeah. We can't call everything ghosting and then ghosting becomes unimportant because ghosting is a horrible thing to do to, to someone. Mm-hmm. So when you start calling the guy you went on one date with that you met off the dating app who didn't text you to say, because then it becomes, and I've, I've been put in this position. You give a guy I, a bad reputation for well, not doing anything. Not just that. Fine. But I'm not looking to protect an asshole. Like, I, I, like if I went on a date with someone and I did text them, hey, drinks last night were fun, but this isn't the romantic match for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what happens is the woman will write back, will write back to me, what makes you think I was looking... You know, and then you get put in this position where now I look like the ego-fueled monster who thought you fell in love with me after one date. We have to understand that all the reason your I show always... is popular and <clears throat> the reason people like listening to these things is a lot of different scenarios could be, there's different answers for different scenarios. Yes, context definitely matters. I have the ghost definition conversation once every quarter, it seems. Mm-hmm. And I always start off with my own ghost story to explain like, this is ghosting. I met someone in January at a conference. He went into the wrong room because he saw a bagel bar. And then- um, Oh, so in he fact, was like kind of crashing your conference. He was crashing our conference okay. from another, like we were in the same convention center. Anyway, so then we ended up dating for mm-hmm. like three and a half months. We went on two trips together. That's good. And I mean- yeah, and then I don't I'm, even uh, trip. You say trip, I'm like, you've been ghosted. Right, like, like, and then March. You think it is March 20. I'll never forget. It was like March 24. I think it was like a Friday or something. It was. I remember it was like end of March, and um, he goes, "I'll see you on Monday." Like he had to go to some business trip, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, see you on Monday." Kiss, kiss. It was a Friday. Monday, I'm like texting. I'm like, "Hey, what time are you going to be over?" And no response. It didn't even get delivered. Hey, 
And I remember he told me where he was, where he was visiting. And like after 12 hours had passed, you know, I called him a few times. I texted him a few times. Like at this point we've, you know, you've been inside me. I don't know if it matters if I, how many times I call you or text you after three months. Like I should be worried. Yeah. Like I would think that they're dead. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I started calling hospitals. I was like, is this so-and-so here? Whatever. Nothing, no response. And then I just, this was back in 2012 where ghosting had yet to be defined. Like that was not a term. I think you and I are the same age. So yeah, he disappeared. (laughs) He disappeared. You know, it's funny. I I mentioned ghosting and like some, a woman that's older than us. She was like a one night stand. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God, I guess it is the same thing. Yeah, that, that could but ghosting, be, yeah. One night stand to me is different than ghosting. This one is night a ghosting. stand, I feel like is almost, I think if it's a one night stand, it's consensual that's going to be a one night stand. I don't know, because I would I hope the like whole thing's consensual. I feel like anytime I've had a one night stand, I've always like that. thought like, yeah, this is not, this is not, we're not doing anything after this. Well, I get those emails too. Oh God, are you serious? <laughs> no, well, I hope I'm, we're thinking the same thing. We are, emails, we are. It's just my reaction. The, well, the, the the email I get is like, I met this guy at a bar and then he came back with me. I thought it was a one night stand thing, but then he kept texting and I'm like, yeah, you fucked him. So he's keeping the option for when he wants it later. The The thing is, this is a big thing that, it, that comes up a lot is like, so much of this is gray. Like the idea of like, liking you or not liking you is not how a lot of men operate. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, I'm just going to bob in and bob out, you know, see what's going on. Yeah. You know, the end of this ghost story, by the way. Yeah. I emailed him and I said, listen, I don't know if something has happened to you. This was like the next uh, two days had passed now. I think, I feel like I waited too long for this one. I just emailed him saying like, listen, I don't know if something bad has happened to you, but if you're alive and you're and this is something like some twisted game, you just have to let me know that you're alive. Otherwise I have to call your mom. Because, wow. like, my messages are not getting delivered. So what did he say? He responded back within 15 minutes with an email. Two words. I'm alive. <laughs> That's it. I never replied back. I was just like, hey. oh, shit, I have to find my own closure. It took me, like, three months uh-huh. to find my own closure. The- and you know what? <laughs> he ended up, after I had found my own closure, it took me, I, I, I swear to God, it took me three months to, like, I had never, I could not even imagine this. Like we have been on trip. We went to South by Southwest together. Like Was he in a, another relationship? That's Yeah. So he was um, in another relationship with someone else. I had no idea. That's what he, he ended Were up you emailing long distance? me. Yeah. That bombshell happened like April, like the first week of April. And then in July. So like months later, he would message me back. Uh, he would email me saying, I just mm. want to explain. I was dating someone the whole time. And I saw that you were falling in love and I needed to get out. And I'm like, I don't know. Wait, we saw each other like five days a week. Like, like we went on two trips. Like, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, it sucks. Anyway. Then you're um, married with two kids now. Oh yeah, I don't, please, are you kidding? I don't, I'm not (laughs) upset about this. But it Um, is an interesting story because I see how it all tracks. Like now, like. And I remember when this. An event, you're. You were away somewhere. You're at a hotel. Sure. This guy's away somewhere too. He meets a woman. This is great. He's, we don't know the level of seriousness that it is with this other person. You guys still keep in contact. That thing gets more serious probably at home. You guys are long distance, so it's easy to keep in front of him. Well, we weren't, yeah, I mean, schedule. listen, I'm obviously happy and, and sure. all things happen for a reason when it comes to this shit. But I will say something about this. There were, and I say this to women, 
first of all, when, when ghosting was defined and that this like article came out the first time, I remember reading it and I actually, the only time I've ever emailed him was to email him this article like, oh wow, there's a word for what you did. And he replied back, LOL. So yeah, glad we can it's... laugh about it. So now in hindsight, and I say this to him all the time, like there are warning signs that I okay. didn't see. So like one of the warning signs, for instance, was that I feel like one of the most important characteristics, I say this as a dating professional, but even as when I was single, one of the most important characteristics that a man should have to determine if this is a good person to even be with is how does he cultivate his male friendships? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really important for a man to be social and to just check in. I'm not saying go with your buddies out for drinks every other night. That's not what I'm saying. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I love it when my husband calls his, you know, he has like these three best guy friends. He's on the phone with them. They're all in different parts of this country, but he calls them. He asks them questions. He goes into their life. Like they'll speak for two hours on the phone. And that gives me so much joy because mm-hmm. he's, it's, it's just this, this social intelligence that comes with being accountable to more people than just one person. It's also like, you know, where's the skin in the game? Where's the embarrassment level? Ghosting from someone you met on a dating app makes sense. If you think about it, if you take your emotions out of it, like. So I never met in those, in those months, I never met any of his friends. He had met some of my friends. And I feel like that's a warning sign as well. Like, I don't know about you, but how, if you started dating someone, if you're a Mm -hmm. woman starting a dating man, how quickly do you think he should introduce you to his friends? Like how many dates in? Or like should it happen before that, sex, after sex? I don't know. That's up to everyone to say. I, I don't like to give rules. I always kind of think if you see something, say something. Kind of like the train. To me, I'm always skeptical of someone when they're a hundred percent against or for anything. So like the idea of like, hey, my friends are coming out tonight. Do you want to come meet us? No. Okay, fine. When do you want to get together? We can get together next week alone. We'll do drinks. Okay, cool. And then your life has to open up to other people. Like I'm living with my girlfriend. There's a natural flow of how our relationship went, where mm-hmm. it went from, you know, casual to we're doing, let's do dinner. Let's spend Saturday together. There was never a point where I was like, I won't do that. <laughs> you know, like, um, so I think like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're, I think a lot of, with a lot of dating stuff, it becomes like, I must be crazy or I don't want to be crazy. And it's like, relationships have happened in every way. That's why everyone goes, well, my story, that's why so much dating advice is not very good because people don't listen and they make their situation the the only situation. They never, like it can happen in any way. You can meet someone on a dating app, at a bar, on a, after a one night stand. It can happen any way it can happen, but let's be realistic and take something like the example you gave where it's like, if you went to a jury of your peers and you said, hey, this guy broke up with me because I asked him to come hang out with me and my friends, they would go, like, or if he, I always mess this up. If he went to his friends, was like, they were like, how'd it go with, you know, Maria? And they were like, and he was like, this chick you wouldn't believe is trying to get me to meet her friends. The, the guys would all go, well, are, are you guys dating? Shouldn't you meet the friends? Like, what's wrong with that? They wouldn't look at him and go, oh, the friends, how could you? You know, but if this guy sees it as just a hookup, then that's the answer to your question. You know, like, and I I just don't like judging my feelings based on the feelings of others. I think Mm -hmm. that's reverse. Like, and, and this is kind of where a lot of the, 
like the two questions you gave that you get all the time where it's like, when do I make things exclusive? It's like, I hate that question so much only because I feel like people concentrate so much on like, when should we? And I'm like, well, should you be? Because if you should be, I don't think you're going to be asking me this question. Like it'll just happen organically. It's like the diet and exercise of answers. People don't want to hear that. Like, oh, it'll happen when it happens. And you go, what? And then it happens for you. You go, yeah, this was, that was never a question. The what are we is never a question when it's both people on the same page. But I think also like with that question, that is absolving the person. And I don't, I, I don't mean to blame the, the, the person emailing, but they're the one coming to us. They're the one asking the question. So that's the only person I can speak to. If someone came to me and was like, when should I be like, well, what do you want from a relationship? Right. What's the next thing you want? Because then what that does, it makes them own what they want and they might have to hear no to that. So when they say, when should we have the conversation? It's mostly them just trying to get around, you know, having, hearing a negotiation happen or no negotiation at all. It's hard from both ends. I, a lot of times the position I'm put in is to speak for the evil guy because I have ghosted people before. Like, like I know you've there's- You've ghosted? Like you've dated people- that were oh, emotionally yeah. connected to you and you ghosted? Yeah, Why? I'm saying like there's an immaturity with it. I always say it's because, you know, this guy, same with me, but different situations. Like you're mm-hmm. just too much of a wuss to say to someone, I like fucking you, but I have no intention of being with you. Right. And that's a hard thing to say to someone that you do like. Like, again, like is on a spectrum. How do I say to this person, Again, I think that's why a lot of women have listened to the podcast is because, and something that took me a lot of years to realize, like, listen, we're all forming. Like, there's someone out there that I dated that goes, yeah, this idiot Jared gives dating advice. He was the worst fucking boyfriend I've ever had in my entire life. Right. Like, everyone, your husband was, was someone else's asshole. Everyone that you end up with was someone else's guy that they're like, I just don't you know. Get it. So every time there's a, it's Olympics here, I always think about the 2004 Olympics. I happened to work there for mm-hmm. NBC and I dated a guy that was in that group. Uh, we were both like, I think like 19 or 20 years old. So at the time in Greece, cell phones, if you called someone, their cell phone was off. It, when you opened it up, it never showed a missed call. So what you would do is like if someone had their phone closed and you knew it was closed because it would go straight to voicemail and there was no voicemail in Greece. So it would just say, this person has their phone, phone turned off. So you just, what you do is you just keep calling. I thought he had a Greek phone. I didn't realize that because he had come from America. He just put in a Greek SIM, but he sure. still had like American phone capabilities, which were like, it'll show you the missed calls. Also, so, that's so advanced for when this Olympics was like this is 2004. Okay. Yeah. That's the most, that's Flip the most phone. international 19 year old I've ever heard of my entire life. <laughs> well, he, he lived in, I lived in Athens and he lived okay. in Philadelphia and he, he had gotten the same job, but just a different department, but you know, being us being both Greek American, whatever we both spoke English. Sure. Even so this guy's got to be like the president of Yahoo yeah. now or something. Right. Okay. So he is, he is like some really big position last I saw on like, um, anyway, doesn't matter. So he, oh God, I hope he listens. To, I, I know he does not follow me in anything and he'll never listen to this, but I hope he hears this part. So um, we had gone on a, we had gone on a couple of dates. We like enjoyed ourselves. We hooked up, whatever. Again, I think we're both looking at this as like a summer fling because it's the Olympics. Like we're both way too busy working like to think of this as long-term, but nonetheless, it's like fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do tonight and I'm calling him and his phone is turned off. 
So I keep calling him to figure out like when his phone is going to turn on because this is what people in Greece do. Like you just keep calling and like every 30 minutes until the phone turns on. And um, he calls me the next day and he's like, we need to talk. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And he's like, you called me (laughs) 34 times. (laughs) That is something where he would go to his friends and they go, yeah, get rid of that chick. (laughs) That is. (laughs) Called me 34 times last night. And I, I was just like, I think we're in different places. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to marry you. I, I, Greek weddings take eight years, please. It's just like so funny to me because I remember saying to him like, "Oh, Greek phones don't, don't, don't record missed calls." And he's like, "Why are you lying? Why are you? You're such a psycho." And I, now sometimes right. I think about it. I'm like, I wonder if he's the one that tells people. That matchmaker Maria bitch, <laughs> she's a psycho. <laughs> psycho. And I'm like, I promise you, like, I was not trying to like call you 34 times. I was sure. just trying to reach you when you answer the fucking phone. It's funny. It's, it, I've it, never that, said this story out loud. Wow. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, that's the reality of like, it gets kind of embarrassing to do this because, like, I, again, I didn't start a podcast to be someone people email with their data questions. Like, my dad would always say, what the hell do you know? You don't, you don't know anything. I'm like, no, I don't. I, I'm just willing to be vulnerable with people and admit oh. to the things that I know. Like, I think a lot of these are uncomfortable subjects. Like, yeah. it's, it's funny when you said summer fling, you said we probably both thought this was a summer fling. And it, it goes back to the, we both thought this was a one night stand. Let me just tell every woman out there, no guy thinks that far ahead. No guy is labeling it. No guy, it, it is woman I fucked and women I want to fuck. like like, and I know that's like a very harsh way of putting it but like that's why when you go what is this and he's like it's like he never thought of it it's because in the idea of like clock and timing right it's just not something that works into with this particular guy because we had like a contract so we knew it started in the beginning of the summer and then I remember like there was a, a countdown to the end of the olympics Okay. And we would say like, oh, 13 more days and this is over. Like we were kind of joking. Sure. And just the fact that I called him 34. And you know what's funny is uh, I moved to New York and I ran into him the first week. And I was like, this person thinks I'm stalking them. There's just no fucking way. We both but happened the, to work at the same building. But the and way I'm just like, oh. The, the this is over joke is not <laughs> like, like that joke is a fun flirty joke that is an admission of like, this isn't serious. But he's also like, well, in New York, you're in my building. If you didn't call me 34 times, I knew you wouldn't go. You're like, you probably lucked. You probably, that's probably the best thing you ever did because then he wasn't like Facebook, you know, messaging you. Yeah, there's a four-year four like, difference between um, that and the next scenario. And you know what's funny is I happened to be looking up an ex-boyfriend online just to see like, like I was like, oh, where does this person work so I don't ever run into him because it was a very <laughs> bad breakup. And that guy's ex-wife is his boss. Like, this is what I try to tell people. I go, New York City's a little village. Like, I don't think yeah. people realize how small Manhattan is. Like, two million. Get out of and here with two million. It's like 2,000 people. So let's get into our questions. Hi, Maria. My name's Hillary. I'm 43 and from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm wondering how you'd approach a male friend to see if he's interested in going on a date. The friend is part of a larger friend group, but we also text separately and have gone out alone a few times when others in the group can't make it or cancel. He's shy, so I'm not sure how he feels about me, but I'm wondering how to word an invite to make it clear I'd like to try a date. For me personally, I just wear something sexy when you guys go out again and see what happens. It's pretty, that's that simple. Sometimes when I hear like a question, uh, like there's things to pick out. 
something I've heard, this isn't just, not just this person, but you hear this a lot is he's shy. They put the excuse in for them. And I understand part of that is like protecting your own like self-worth and ego Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be turned down. But like the idea of like, he's shy over the course of all of human life. No guy has been too shy to try and pursue a woman that he's interested in. Especially in this particular instance, like 43 going out. Well, they're, yeah. And they're older. It's not like he's 15 and trying to figure out puberty. Like he's an older man. She's an older woman. They've gone out. And the other thing is they're part of a larger friend group. So something that we talked about leading into this is the idea of embarrassment. So like the guy who ghosted, the more chance for embarrassment, the less chance of ghost. My aunt introduced me to some, a woman. And then a month later, my aunt was like, how'd it go with Jess? And I was like, oh, she blew me. And I've been ignoring her for a month. She'd be like, you're a fucking monster. And I would be like, have to answer to my mom, my aunt. So what this woman needs to realize is that she's not crazy. She feels something. He definitely feels something, but dating you comes with consequences. Losing the friendship, the friend group, the whole friend group is going to know. Nothing is more interesting to a friend group that I'm assuming because they're older, a lot of the friend group might be married. Nothing is more interesting to married people than single people stories. So you, you two getting together, it is an event out of the Real Housewives of Pittsburgh. She has to understand the gravity of their situation because let's say she pursues and he says no, there needs to be some sort of break from each other and there needs to be some sort of breathing room because obviously lines were crossed where messages were mixed or things went further than he would. He gets something out of the flirting game they're playing. Like it feels good to have someone flirt with you. It feels good to have interest. You also don't have to. You never can get in trouble for misinterpreting the lines of flirting. Oh, I thought we were just being friendly. So like right now he is in nothing to lose game with ego boost game. So, so like, I, I, I don't know what his answer is, but I just, this is me just giving a perspective that if a friend came to me that I had a long thing with, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just be thinking like, woman, I like, we're friends and now I can have sex too. Like that's how it's always presented is like, well, we're friends. Why wouldn't, plus sex, isn't that what every guy wants? And it's like, guys a lot of times think of the end before they think of how great it could be. I'm saying that's how I would think. So I'm assuming that's how he's thinking because I can't understand a man at that age going, not having any idea that there's some sort of vibe being built. That's the thing a lot of times is like, she's saying that he has no emotional intelligence. Well, let's say his emotional intelligence is 10% away from mine. He has to know. So I think a text where it's like, I think there's a way, you know, what you said is correct. Like wear something nice. Um, I think maybe a more purposeful hangout. You know, she said that their hangouts only happen when everyone else can't. So then there's that kind of excuse built in, you know, where it's like, see, we just ended up together. See, I don't believe that excuse. I think. I, I don't either. I'm saying that's, oh, I'm saying. Like, this how is, convenient. Sure. Yeah. I, I, that's I what I'm saying. Like he's getting any... the ego boost from being with a woman that he's attracted to, but he's afraid of that Don't term. you feel like that? I feel like also like the dating rules have shifted so dramatically during COVID that I'm kind of like, if a guy's hanging out with you, I don't know. I feel like there's more to it than, oh, everyone else couldn't come. But totally. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, definitely there's there's a level of interest. I don't know where it lands. Right, right, right. On it. I, is his interest greater than 
the possibility of this blowing up whatever friend group you have. Right. That, that's the math. Let's say there's two scenarios. Mm-hmm. There's two scenarios where she goes, she sends a text going, hey, I've been feeling a vibe with you. Um, we always end up together. I'm interested in getting drinks. Let me know if that has any interest to you. Like, that's one road that mm-hmm. I think is like, that's the confident road. That's the road of like owning the thing you want. To be honest, that's the road I would take personally. If I was single, that's exactly what I would do. But you have to understand with that, if he says, I'm so sorry, he either digs in or backs off. If he backs Mm -hmm. off, it's not because he, you have to not take it personally. And that's the hardest part because like, he's not saying that he's not attracted to you or whatever. He's just saying, oh, this was fun for me. And now it becomes, now there's consequences to this flirting that was just innocent flirting. So if he goes in on it, now he's, putting that aside and going in on it. And if he doesn't, you could say, no problem at all. I'm going to take a beat to kind of like get away from this because I did kind of have a vibe going on, but I understand that you don't. I'm going to take a beat. The next time I see you, I hope we can be cool and we'll just be friends from here. That, that is That's like perfect. the most mature way to go about it. That's now, right. Like, but then there's the, <laughs> there's the, there's the other way it goes. And this is the more hurtful, longer roadway because like what the advice that we're giving right now is easy to give, hard to take. Like it is hard to send that text. I, 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 I understand that. Like one time mm-hmm. my, my parents, uh, my grandparents used to live near Larry Bird. Okay. The legendary, basketball player. legendary basketball player for the Boston Celtics. And you're we're from dri- Boston. I'm from outside of Boston. We're driving back. I'm 11 years old. We're driving, or whatever age I am, we're driving from Temple to my grandmother's house to have after high holidays food. On the way to my grandmother's house, and I'm in my suit. My brother's next to me. He's younger. He's much younger. He's like in a car seat, I would assume. My mom and dad in the front. My dad stops the car, pulls over mid-rise. He goes, Jared, Larry Bird is cleaning out his garage. Go get his autograph. I'm serious. Oh my God, this is, and, this is and, awful. <laughs> right? This is so awful. Okay, my dad is like, go, and I'm like, no, I don't this want to. This is something that my mom would do, so I'm not, don't, don't get you, me wrong here. But, but you know, so awful. But you're feeling, you're understanding my side of it. Yeah. I'm like 10 years old. I'm in a suit, you, like first all, a bigger you, loser than a suit kid. I just need more context for a second. Do you even like basketball at this age? Like, did I love you all like sports? I love Boston sports. So you knew Larry who this Bird person was. Larry Bird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. This so you is... knew who he was. Okay. It wasn't just like God right. is cleaning out his garage after Temple right now. You know, basketball. So did you Jesus. go? Did you go? My dad and I are having this like fight now. My dad is like, go, 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 because my dad is a big sports fan too. But he's like, he's an adult man. He's not going to get out of the car from his family and go, please, Mister Bird, can I? He knows that the. The entry, the entree to the bird autograph is through the innocence of a young boy. So, and I'm going, I don't want to. And Please, I'm getting Please, were you wearing a yarmulke? Please tell me, like. The whole thing. Yarmulke, oh, my God. This is so I'm perfect. Fat, I'm, uh, I'm, you know. Curly, curly hair? No, I've always had similar to what I got. Going uh, I can't tell because of the texture of the video. So, oh, oh, it's like it's, wavy. Okay. Yeah, all right. A all right. So, I. But I remember this moment so specifically because my dad's like, what the fuck could you care about to not go get an autograph from Larry Bird? And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, from your point of view, kid sees Bird, go get autograph now. From my point of view, there's like this layered emotional thing of being self-conscious and being 10 or whatever. And he goes, you will remember this the rest of your life. 
you will remember this. I'm going to, and, and my whole life, I didn't get out of the car. My dad pulled out. We went to my grandmother's. We've talked about this every day of my whole life. He brings it up all the time. But it's all, like, and he's like, you still wouldn't get out of that car. Oh, like, and, and, my cheeks listen, are hurting. I, I have a good relationship with my family. And, like, I think it's the perfect example of, like, advice. Like, I am, my dad is advising me to get out of the car because you will remember this the rest of your life. And I am sitting there going, uh-uh. Like, I wouldn't even believe it. So, on the... Do you regret of, not doing it? Like, I'm so confused. Like, is it, do you remember because right, your dad keeps telling it. you? I've regretted it until this moment when I had the ability to use it as a story to <laughs> prove my example of how hard it is to take advice. So even though it's the best advice in the world. So that being said, the easier yeah. way to go for this woman is to keep hanging out, wait till that moment where they're alone. They make, they make quote unquote mistakes, but then he gets to hide behind the mistake thing as opposed because of this like, oh, well, we made out after a party when we were alone in the backyard. And now you're on the road of like, now he has access to you. Now he has access to casual. Now he has access to, yeah, we just kind of flirt and hang out. You're asking, if she sends that text, it's her asking what she wants. And it's hard to hear no to that. So that's my, that's a long way of getting to that. Let's go to the next question. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. My name is Courtney. I'm 24 and I'm from Houston. About seven years ago, I met a man online and we quote unquote dated for just a couple of months. We were only 17 and 18, so it just didn't work out at the time. Ever since then, every time I'm single, he's always the guy that I go back to. And we always end up talking as more than friends. We've said I love you and things like that. We've even talked during relationships just strictly as friends and with more boundaries. We have never met in person because he lives in a different state. So our plans have just never kind of worked out. We do have plans to meet in about a month or so. And I'm just wondering, when we do meet, do you think that it could work out? I definitely am excited and I hope that it does, but I just kind of want your take on it. Thank you. (gasps) Oh, you're being catfished. Yeah, I don't know what the, I, I would tell her, I would advise her to not go meet up with this person. Wait, so, is- okay, I'm like so confused right now. So this 24-year-old, I don't want to spend too much time on this. It seems like yeah. this 24-year-old has had an online relationship. I don't even know if people did that anymore. Well, I would assume it's like, I mean, online relationship can be any number of ways, right? Like it could be a DM that he found her through the Explore page, like right. on Instagram. I would assume this isn't them meeting in a chat room. You know, like that's what I'm thinking. That's because I'm like 35 and I'm thinking of like age sex location. Like, sure. And (laughs) we're thinking of ourselves in 17 year old ourselves mode. I would say to her that I don't think she should meet him. I don't think so either. I, there's a few things that she says that are like just way too easy to say that aren't the case. We come back to each other in between relationships We said, I love you. Like the way she said it was too cavalier. Just understand, it is way easier to write your own script than to do improv. When you text with someone and you keep coming back to each other, isn't it convenient that you guys come back to each other? People think that like, just because someone texted, that's effort. You could text 10 people good morning every morning for the rest of your life, and it would take no time at all and really no effort at all. And I understand they met when they were 17 and it feels like this long romance. And my advice to her is like, I don't even think she would listen to us at this point, to tell you the truth. No. Like, I don't think she would listen to us go, both of us, right? We both sitting here going, do not go meet this person. 
I think, first of all, it's a danger. We can start like, with danger. What is the best case scenario here? That he's not a serial killer? I guess, but let, let's say the best case scenario is that they meet and they decide, okay, we're going to be together but long why distance. Seven years. Yeah, it just seems, no, it just seems dangerous. No, it's dangerous. I, I oh, God, nothing is ever going to live up to anyone you've been talking to for seven years. I know. And that's, the, that's another problem. And it's like to relate this to anyone else in similar situations. You've been texting with someone for a long time. I would say to that person, like, if you've been texting someone for a long time, it's, it, it, it is like no percent chance that you're going to meet. And, and I feel bad because I know she thinks, well, once we meet. Yeah. Like, this no, I 100% be, agree with you, Jared. I, like, I, I feel bad because I don't think she's going to listen. I, I, I've never heard. I don't I, listen. My husband and I, we did long distance as well for a really long time. My, my husband was in Boston and I was mm-hmm. here, but you know, we met in person and we spent 10 days a month together every single month. Like that's a relationship. You don't have a relationship with this person. You've never had a relationship with this person. A text pen pal is not a relationship. If she's listened to this point of the podcast, like when we talked about the guy who you met at a convention, mm-hmm. like nothing happens by accident. Like I, 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 don't, I know we want to believe that like the guy just walked into the convention. The guy just found, we found each other online. Like, no, no, no. This started from a very, like a place of like, of like, this guy is sexually attractive at 17, whatever the age was. And I, and again, like I, when you read the first part of the, when she said the first part of the thing, when she said we met online seven years ago, I'm 24. I'm like, Oh God, we're going to hear this is the next season of, uh, of, of cereal. Like, Holy shit. Like I was like, like I grabbed my, you heard me. I was like, woo. Like, Meanwhile, I was doing math. I was like 24 minus seven. Like, I know. And then I felt like an idiot. I was, she was like, and I was 17. I was like, I thought 15, damn it. You know, like I, I and not to make light of a, again, this could be serious. This could be not. If she doesn't want to listen to us, like, but you're hearing two adults tell you this is a bad idea. You should stop texting this person. You should unsubscribe from them on all social media. So you can stop like emotionally going down that road with them. Tell them you'll meet them if they come meet you and your dad for coffee. I love that. This has been so long. And again, this is back to someone being a hundred percent against something. If someone has spent seven years talking to you and they're like, well, I don't want to meet your dad. Then there's something else wrong. (laughs) You know, like you meet me for coffee with my dad. We'll be at this place. You have an hour. Again, I don't think she should meet this person, but like, that's the only, I don't you think like, isn't that the only I mean, idea? 100, can... I think it's the only way that could work. I, the only way I'd feel comfortable even allowing. Safety. It's gotta be like, it's gotta be so Mormon that it's safe. <laughs> you know, like what would the Mormons do? That's how I would handle every guy yeah. out, of the, out of the blue. Why not? Now I'm that you said joking, that. but I, I, I don't want people to be like, you told her, I'm just saying. No, no, no. Now that you said is, that, though, wait for the next. I, I actually, this is one of the questions I actually heard before okay. uh, you logged in, so I'm excited. It's Emmy, and I'm from London, and I'm 34 years old. I have been dating a married man with two kids for 18 months. The relationship is very healthy and secure, and he has realized that this is more than a bit of fun and wants to escape his unhappy home life. The only thing stopping him leaving is his fear of the fallout that comes with that decision. And he says that he is trying to manage his exit in a way that causes minimal damage to his wife and kids. It doesn't sound like bullshit to me, but am I a fool for remaining hopeful that he will leave her? 
Oh, bless you. So it is bullshit. Yeah, it is. It is bullshit. It is bullshit. If she doesn't think it's bullshit, that's her right. That's okay with me. I'm not going to like shame her for that. What I would say to her is if you don't think it's bullshit, you say to this guy, like for her to say our relationship is very healthy, you're already lying to yourself. You, mm-hmm. Your relationship with a married man with two kids is healthy? Like, mm-hmm. repeat that to yourself. Repeat that to other people and see what they look like when they when they say that. Like, watch their facial expressions, like, back away from you. I, I don't like the rule thing, but let's put people in positions where they can add up to our standard. So my advice to her is you end this, but amicably, you go, listen, you have things to take care of. You have my number. I'll be here, but I need to back away. Once you're divorced, you have my number. Once that's all settled out, you have my number. But I will, I can't be a part of this because she's already complicit. She's already like, listen, he's cheating, but she's cheating too. So let's not absolve ourselves totally of this situation. So you say to him, you have things to take care of. I'm not going to talk to you until those things have been taken care of. You know where to find me once everything is finalized. And listen, now you've given a very black and white task that there's uh-huh. no there's no promises and this is a difficult situation. Okay, when it, it might take you a year, it might take you 10 years. You know what I guarantee if you do that? What? In this textbook to me is that you said it to a man who's been cheating on his wife with two kids and he's telling you all these things. Once you leave, mm-hmm. a month later, he will have someone else who takes your place. When you are married, talking to someone who does not know your day-to-day... I'm a married woman. I have two kids. I can empathize with the man situation here, right? Because when you go home, your identity is husband and dad. Yeah. And that's all it is. And you're going to have your routine sex with your routine orgasm. That, that, mm-hmm. That's literally what most relationships are like, if, if you're that lucky, by the way. And when you get to talk to single people who don't know these identities, they don't know your home identities, they see you as you know, sexy Jared. And that is an identity you haven't worn since you were single or since you were dating. And there's an adrenaline to that. And that feels good. But once you leave, once you take away the drug that he's been getting drunk on, the dopamine in his brain, he's going to have to find a new dealer. I completely 100% agree. And that's why like, when she does this, like, we can only speak to the voicemail, you know, the, the person on the phone. If I told her, telling her it's bullshit, you know, like, oh, she'll find a way to rationalize that it's not bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just by the nature of her voicemail where she says I mean, she's in a healthy relationship. But, and it's healthy. Yeah. And it's like, you've already rationalized it in your own way. If it's so healthy, then he can come back when it's over right. and date you like a normal person. Right. But it's not. It's not going to happen that way. But I, you know, again, I wish her the best, but I'm, I understand the guy. I understand her. I, none of them are stupid. Let me get another question. It's Jax from London. Uh, I'm 35. So I asked a question on one of your first ever Ask a Matchmaker live recordings, and you were very kind enough to give me some DM advice. And I dumped my boyfriend of six months as our goals just didn't align and I'm back dating. So I've had a video chat with a guy I met on Bumble that went really well. We swapped numbers. Uh, We've messaged a small amount and he's said he's keen to meet up, but he hasn't planned anything. I instigated the last message, which was on Sunday. I just had some advice about a knee problem that he had, but nothing since then. I mean, it's only Wednesday and 
we've literally just met. I'm guessing I just wait for him to plan something and sort of let him be the man or should I step in? She should keep swiping. I truly believe in giving people all the tools to make the house and let them build. She has given him the tools to make the house. She's let him know that she wants to go out. He said he wants to make the plan. That's all that needs to be said. I wouldn't check in about knee operations or, you know, hip replacements. Yeah, you're not his mother. No, no, no. You, a lot of people get into this thing of like, okay, well, the date isn't planned. So I guess we just text, like, he's one of my other people I text or she's one of the other. No, you let that happen on the first date. Let a first date be a first date. Sometimes people text so much before the first date that you're already on date four by the time that happens. And you're either too excited or not excited mm-hmm. enough. So what I just, always say is um, if you're going to be messaging a stranger, because this is what it is, it should be folly for serve. Do you remember back in like middle school, high school, you did folly mm-hmm. for serve to figure out mm-hmm. who's going to serve. So you get three messages. That's it. P-I-N-G-P-O-M. And now it has to be. Yeah, that's it. And then it has to be, well, COVID has to be FaceTime, Zoom, in person. Like now you have to meet. And, um, you know, I'll tell you something as a professional matchmaker, I mean, our success rate was pretty high, but it's kind of like really good now. Like, I feel like this has changed my business. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was completely terrified in March and April as a business owner with employees, like, how am I going to make payroll? But then things have changed very dramatically. You mean COVID is good. COVID is great for dating. Yeah, I agree. Full stop. Like people are courting each other again. And also the ping pong thing, like what you just said, volley for serve. Okay, let's hop on a FaceTime before we meet in person. So the FaceTiming has been normalized. I think also COVID, what we've realized is that it's the highlighter to everything. It highlights all the bad in everything. So that's why right now people are, you know, in everything. Look at government, economy, dating. Like all those things, you can go any subject, it's the highlighter on it. So with people like, you know, with dating, I said this on You Up a couple of weeks ago, but when COVID started, all of us were awarded a child. We were all given a child because you had an excuse that no one could disagree with. If you were looking to go on a date, they would go, well, I'm, I'm really dealing with the disease and I don't know, you know. It's the child. A, I have a child, child at home. I, and then you would back away. Oh, right. my kid COVID's at home. Okay. You, now, it's the Billy Zane of excuses. Billy Zane on Titanic is like, I have a child and here's a boat. And now it's like, I have COVID. Well, here's a boat. Here's it's a boat. Same. You're out. And, and, but now the child is 13. The child can stay home alone because COVID's done. You know, not done, but I'm saying the quarantine is easing up. People are getting out. Restaurants are open. You can mm-hmm. take a walk. You can go to a park. And it's like, at this point, the excuse doesn't exist to me anymore. If someone is in the extreme, like I'm not extreme because there's normal people that are like, I am not going near anyone I don't know. Fine. This conversation ends. You have my number. Let me know when it's going to happen. I'm in no way offended, but I kind of have to like live my life the way I'm looking to live it. But you got the number when you are personally ready to meet me. I, I hope I'm still single then and shoot me a text. Like I think right now it's making people go face to face with hearing no or hearing no in action. I feel like even my clients are nicer to me now. Like, yeah. you know, oh, it didn't work out. Oh, it's okay. No, here's what I liked about it. Like, I feel like people are investing even more into like the whole thing. Like, cause you know what? Things that weren't important before pandemic, like that were not that important before pandemic that I said, this is not important. Now my clients see, yeah, this isn't important. If and- I had a woman ever say to me, oh, he has to be five foot 10. And, uh, and she's five foot two. And I'm like, well, does that really matter now post pandemic? 
Well, you either liked living at home alone, like you're in a nursing home for six weeks, or you didn't, you know, like, because you, you basically lived life, like when someone goes, who's going to take care of you when you're older? And then you go, ah, I'll be healthy. So it's like, you so, either liked it or you didn't. I'm so glad you said that because the next question tees up into this, the last question. And I think okay. it's, it tees up into what you're saying. So that's the perfect segue. Hi, Matchmaker Maria. This is Nicole from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm 33 years old. My friends and I would love to understand why exes are now all of a sudden reaching out to us after a year or two years during quarantine. Just doesn't really make any sense. I don't know if we can get a guy's perspective on this, but my friends and I are very confused. Hope you can help. I love that it's a plural, like that a lot of people are experiencing this. I know it's happening a lot. It's funny to me that she's like, we have no idea why. I know exactly why. Quarantine. You just said it. It's in your question. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's quarantine, but also like, let's look at the mechanics of like dating right now. You know, they kind of, they kind of work like a business cycle. You know, if you think of like, like I used to cold call to sell life insurance. Did you really? Yeah. When I first got out of college, I would cold call and you'd set appointments with people. So you get over the course of time, you get a business cycle. You have You have to make 300 dials a day to find new people to introduce yourself. But then you also need people that are in business, in negotiation, and you need business closing. And you, the whole goal is to get people to move up the sales cycle. Mm -hmm. So during COVID, during quarantine, it's very, it became more difficult to find new business. It became as difficult as ever to convince someone that you met on a dating app to come meet you casually and fuck. That's the reality. So now this new business cycle is dried up or it's very unlikely. So now you go back to your old business and you try to drum up business from your old customers. And you say, say someone that you've built up trust with that said yes to your naked body. Some, and, and it's either people in business transit or old clients that you've already right. closed. With. Mm-hmm. It's the same, it's the same idea at play. So what these guys are doing is they're saying, oh my God, I got to drum up the dopamine that we talked about before, where it's like, you know, a lot of these guys that were exes before, they were getting something from you, a personal validation, an ego boost. Um, and they're going back to those people to get that again. They're going back to that drum. So it's because of lack of new business and not because they, they, have, not, they have not changed. They don't think of you any differently. This is not, no, no, no. And if, and if they did in the, in the least likely scenario, they, it, it doesn't start over again. You have a right to be dated in this new reality, to be taken out, to be taken seriously. Just right. because you've had sex doesn't mean you have to have sex again. Just because you guys have were a one night stand before doesn't mean you have to be keep being a one night stand. The, you know, hey, last time we did business, things have changed. I have, a, I have new rules for people I do business with. So I understand where she's coming from and she's confused, but it's not confused. No, 100% agree. Well, this is great. I loved getting your perspective, Jared. Um, yeah, you're thanks fun. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, I, I try to make this as fun as possible. But again, like there's always that thing in me that I'm like, I know this is hard for people. Like I, I don't yeah. mean to sound so cavalier, but like, and I know some of the topics become icky. That's why I, I love doing you up. When we first started doing that podcast, I thought I was going to get so many hate mails, so many hate DMs. And the reality was, and something that took a lot of maturity out of me growing up in dating world. And, you know, you and I are around the, we're, we're the same age. So mm-hmm. you and I, as far as like dating and technology is concerned, we grew We've up gone with through the it. same cycle. 
same cycle, but like our, like we're, we're a product of timing. Like the what, idea how old that, are you, Jared? 35. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, we're yeah, exactly so the, same, the age. same age. So when we're in college, someone comes up to you and goes, hey, you ever hear of this Facebook? And you go, yeah. what? And you're like, I'm not a nerd. I don't go on the computer. And then someone's like, well, we're all going to look up a girl that a friend of ours hooked up with last week. It's on Facebook. And we're like, we all got Facebook. And then it became, and then you get out of college and then it's like texting. And then it's like, oh, I'm not going to go on a dating website. I'm not a nerd. And then all of a sudden, dating websites becomes less of a nerd thing. Then it's Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. DMs, when did you stop all- dating? When did you, when were you officially off the market with your um, current two relationship? Years ago, my girlfriend and I met two years, a little more than two years ago now. Two years is like- okay. The, the going time. Um, so you, you got to swipe is what I'm asking. Oh, I was swiping. So at, I completely and I missed it by eight months. The addiction of swiping, when, when swiping moves into the carousel of apps you look at on your phone, like that's a, that's a problem. Like I have an employee whose entire full-time job is taking over oh. people's online dating websites. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Dude, we get nine out of 10 clients in relationships within three months because the person that I've hired, you know, she's a pun champion. She's really Mm. good at what she, you know, she knows how to talk to people online to get them offline. That's the whole point. It's just a tool. That's well, that's the thing. Again, when it's, when it's your employee doing it for someone that's back to the Larry Bird story. There's no emotional shit in that. She's like, she's like, yeah, do we go on a date or no? And the guy goes, ah, and now like, what we find with all these things is that our own uh, confidence issues, our own self-consciousness gets in the way. Like there was a point where I kind of left dating apps because I knew I was doing too much of, or I was using it in a way that wasn't mm-hmm. consistent with what, for me, especially talking about this stuff. So honestly, like the longer I've done this, the more like, so like my girlfriend plenty of times has gone, well, you said, that, you know, like now I'm my own biggest enemy. Wait, your partner <laughs> listens to your podcast? She's listened to it. I mean, I would be, she's, I mean, not, she's I not know. a listener. My husband but, listens, but he doesn't, he listens and then he just sends, from what I understand, he sends episodes to his friends. That's what I've heard. He's cute. Well, that's <laughs> I nice love that my husband great. is my biggest fan. I think that's like the best part how, of our relationship. How did you guys meet? one of my employees. <laughs> no, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Um, I had made a list. I had made a, like a paragraph. It's somewhere on Instagram. It's actually my most popular post where I said, here's what I'm looking for in a man. I was like really fair with the universe. Like, here's what I want. And then I looked at the list and I said, okay, which of my friends is dating someone like this? Because I do believe birds of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. And one of my employees, her name was also Maria, just to you know, confuse everyone, you know, she was dating someone just like this. And I said, I went to her, I went to her and her boyfriend at the time. Now they're married. And I said, next time you go out for drinks, you have to invite me. I did not ask him to set me up because you know what you tell when a man, you tell a man, Hey, set me up. He says, Oh, my friends are losers. No, 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 no. And so literally (laughs) nine days later, well, no, seven days later, he's like, I'm going to be in Boston for drinks at Lolita's on Friday come and you know off we went and I was like okay yeah I said next time and it's in Boston here I go I took the Amtrak up wow that's great. I met all of, I, I mean, met like nine of his friends and George again, was the lucky like, one that introductions and like all that stuff like all of it makes sense like the idea of like meeting through a friend like you know when people yeah. are like, going to a wedding like yeah, those are all like. Here, you know what people. it is too. You and I have never met in person, but like I'm five eleven. 
as much as I had a pretty positive online dating experience, it sucks to be a voluptuous, tall woman online. And I'm extremely marketable in person. I have never really been that single. I've always, you know, gone to events and parties and met through friends. And I've always been able to get, you know, score the guy. Sure. And this is, this is, I knew was my, my positive. I was like, all right, I want to meet him through friends. Here are the people that I want to meet this person through. And you know what? Did he look like any of my ex-boyfriends? No, he was a lab rat, (laughs) um, balding, but you know what? He was really smart, which is one of the big things I was looking for. He was emotionally mature. That was a big deal for Mm me. And he wouldn't even think, think to ghost. He wouldn't even think to hurt me in some way. Like it's not part of his emotional maturity. And did I think we would get married like on our first date? No, but I remember on my second date thinking, okay, this person's someone special. I need to keep Mm -hmm. reaffirming. And I knew at six months, like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like I'm, and then we waited two years before, you know, well, whatever he waited (laughs) a year and a half to propose another year. So you proposed at two years. Then we got married a year and a half after that. And now we have two kids and um, he's still like, I'm, I'm his biggest fan and he's my biggest fan. Like just full stop. Like, like we're obsessed great. with each other. Let's wrap this up. How can okay. people find you, Jared? Uh, Instagram at Jared Freed. I'm on Twitter, JTrain56. I'm on TikTok, Wizard of Ha. And I have two podcasts, the JTrain podcast. I have different guests on every time. And then also the You Up podcast. That's with Jordana on Betches. I spend the whole week not shutting the fuck up. So I love it, Jared. We'll also have all those details in the episode notes. So if anyone wants, if anyone wants to check out Jared, definitely check that stuff out. Thank you for listening to ask a matchmaker. If you love what you heard, leave us a review on Apple podcasts. Seriously. I want you to rate. I want you to review. I want you to subscribe. And I obviously want you to tell a friend, hell, tell 10 friends, tell all your friends. Every time someone comes and asks you for dating advice, you just shoot them a link to my podcast. I want to be their relationship Bible. If you have a dating or relationship question, visit askamatchmaker.com. There you can ask a 60 second audio question. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria. You can slide into my DMs and ask a dating question, but I'm warning you now, I screenshot my answers. Until then, I'll see you next week.